0: Welcome to Choir Talks. Creation groans, and so do we. During the last year of COVID, financial unrest, social unrest, political unrest, uncertainty, sickness, uh, for many, it's been a year when you might just wake up and groan. A year when you might feel overwhelmed or discouraged, and it's been for many the year of the groan. Almost every day there's been a new reason for us to wake up and groan about what we see going on around us in the world and, and in us. For Christ followers, there's a tension between the hope that we have and the hopelessness that we see in the world around us. There's a tension between the things that we know to be true about God, like his goodness and his faithfulness and love and the things that we see in the world, in a world that lacks all of those things. We believe that God is at work in the world and his kingdom is advancing, but we see evidence to the contrary when we look in the world around us. And so we groan. What is happening? Where's the joy that's supposed to fill us? And where's the hope that we are called to? Well, believe it or not, there can be hope in groaning. There can be a joy in it. Jesus said something really amazing. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, happy are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Happy, that seems crazy. But Jesus is describing in his sermon the the kingdom of God that is to come. And so for those who are a part of that kingdom, they groan differently, they mourn differently. They groan with a, a faith, knowing that there is a comfort yet to come. They groan uh, in the tension between what is and what should be. But they believe in that groaning that they are groaning and speaking to a God who has the power to make a difference. Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about groaning. He says this, the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have been the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption to sonship. Right, right, first of all, why does creation groan? Paul's referring back to Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of man, the sin that came into the world through man. And uh, there the Bible tells us that creation was put under a curse, that it was broken because of the sin of man. It's not, no longer what it was created to be exactly. It's no longer what it was meant to be. There's a curse on it. But there's hope in that still, Romans eight twenty one says that it will be liberated from its bondage one day at the revelation of the glory of the children of God. So creation is broken by the sin of man, but one day it's gonna be restored by the ultimate redemption of God. Creation groans to a temporary wrong that God is making right. Creation groans because it knows that things aren't right and it's things aren't as intended but it groans with an expectation of what is yet to come. We also groan because we recognize that something isn't right when we look around us, but as we groan, there's an expectation of glory to come. We groan because of what we see, and we groan because of the curse of sin that has broken the world around us. We groan because we see it not as it should be we groan because the world created by a perfect and loving God doesn't reflect his nature and who he is. The God who when he created, he said, it is good, but no longer is it. The first time that groan is mentioned in the Bible, it is back in uh, when the Hebrew slaves were in Egypt and it says they groaned to God. They knew their situation wasn't right. They knew that it wasn't as God intended them to live. And so they groaned, they spoke to God through groans and asked for deliverance. Just like those Hebrew slaves, we have also been slaves. We've been slaves to sin. And inwardly, as, as new creations, we know that something's not right. When we fall into sin, we know that things aren't as they should be. So when we groan looking at the world around us, we also need to groan looking inside of us and see the sin that is present there. What is broken in the world around us, we are a part of that because it's broken on the inside of us when we give ourselves over to sin. When we groan about our sin, it's not a bad thing. We are being real. When we groan about our sin, it means that we're not just glossing over what is true in our lives. We are seeing it for what it is. It's a destructive force that is, that is trying to take over us. But when we groan about our sin, we don't groan without hope. The one who created us, who never meant us to be slaves to sin, will deliver us just like he did those Hebrew slaves. Not only that, but our groan is taken up by a savior. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible tells us that he groaned. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He groaned in that moment because he took on everything that was broken, everything that was wrong, the sin of the entire world. He took on himself. And when he took up our groan in that moment, uh, but then his, his last words, it is finished. He turned our groan into a victory cry. So here's our hope and here's our our joy. We know that the one who took our groan and made it into victory also has a plan uh, and has the power to bring that same redemption to all the world. We groan now in the not yet time that we live because we feel the pain of what is wrong in the world around us. But when you feel that pain, groan. Cry out to the Father. But groan not with despair, but groan with hope and a certainty that that the God who who saved you is at work in the world around you. And he is liberating it and liberating you from sin at the same time. Groan with Jesus on the cross, but groan knowing that there is an empty tomb yet to come. And so Paul says, thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day.